Hey everyone, welcome to the Mobile User Acquisition Show. In the Mobile User Acquisition Show, we talk about how to use mobile user acquisition strategies to grow your app quickly and capital efficiently. The Mobile User Acquisition Show is presented by me, Shamant Rao, mobile growth leader and founder and CEO of the mobile growth consulting firm, Rocketship HQ. Each episode includes strategies, tips, and pointers from the leading edge of mobile user acquisition that you can use to unlock tremendous growth for your app in a sustainable and capital-efficient manner. My guest today is Adam Hardy, the VP of Marketing at the mobile banking app Current. Adam began his career as an economist at the Bureau of Labor Statistics and made his way into mobile app marketing for the Tops company. Since then, he's headed up marketing for leading apps such as Draft, Quid, and now Current, and he's advised a host of other apps on marketing, specifically influencer marketing. Adam's experiences are fascinating because with his background of quantitative performance-focused marketing, he would be an unlikely proponent of branding in marketing, and yet, in his present role at Current, he is embraced and championed driving performance while being very brand-focused, even without massive brand marketing budgets. In this conversation, we'll dive into exactly why he finds branding so important for a performance marketer like himself. We'll dive into why branding matters, especially for high-involvement products like fintech apps, and how Adam and his team approach branding. For someone like me that, much like Adam, is very performance-focused, this was a refreshing and new perspective on how to look at marketing. I'm very excited to welcome Adam Hardy to the Mobile User Acquisition Show. Adam, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Amath. It's an honor to be here. I'm an avid listener. And yeah. to be among the many esteemed guests that have been on your show is, yeah, nothing but an honor. Yeah, and you've been on our other podcast, How Things Grow. Uh, you told some very fascinating stories about what's inside of the influencer world. And a lot of your past background is also one reason why I want to dig into our theme for today, which is the case for brand marketing in a, the world of algorithmic performance marketing. Uh, and I'm interested to dig in this with you because you have been an out-and-out performance marketer for a long time. You've been very performance-focused. You've been very direct response-focused. And in your latest role, you've done a lot of work on the branding side, on the brand marketing side. So certainly something I'm very curious to dig into, both your learning process, but also how you look at the world differently. To start, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To start with, Adam, uh, what were some of the first instances that first made you aware of the fact that you couldn't just be focused on performance, but you had to be balancing branded performance? And if there are examples that come to mind, please share. Well, I, I should say uh, you're completely accurate in that my, my background is totally in performance marketing, right? And me, just as a person, my, my, my skill set is, is really lends itself to performance marketing. There's nothing... Um, I'd say like inherently about me that make me some amazing brand marketer, right? I mean, I'm colorblind, right? Like my <laughs> sense for design, my sense, 
for, for creative is, is not is not exemplary, right? That that yeah. uh, my my skills don't lend itself there, but I think it was kind of more about the ability to recognize the importance of brand marketing is like in many ways more important than actually being able to execute upon it, uh, yeah. at least as a performance marketer. And so uh, you mentioned really what like what made me aware. Uh, it really was my consulting work, right? Like early on in my career, um, I just dealt with. Uh, with companies that lent itself much more to direct response marketing to performance marketing than it did to brand marketing. I worked with uh, a lot of companies in like the gaming space and, you know, daily fantasy sports, which is somewhat in the, in, in the same realm. Um, but it was really through my consulting work uh, that I, I got exposure to lots of different clients and really began to recognize um, that this wasn't some big like, oh, it's either brand marketing or performance marketing. Uh, it's that depending really on, on what your vertical is and what your situation is, uh, brand can be really, really important. And in fact, you know, I'll, I'll give you an example from early on in my career. Uh, you know, I used to work at Tops, uh, the, the baseball card company, right? And, and we, uh, we had launched a, a digital apps division um, for, for digital trading cards. And I didn't even recognize it at the time, but I look back on that and I recognize now how within that vertical, how important our brand was, uh, that we were able to brand ourselves tops, which, mm -hmm. you know, in the world of trading cards is, has, has this really strong impact, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, even though all of our marketing uh, was nearly all of our marketing was, was, was direct response focused, that brand actually really helped us. And I, and I kind of noticed things like that as, as, as I moved on. Uh, with other brands that maybe didn't have that right in terms of like building like you know validity right and trust um and so yeah i'd say that's it was really being able to work on uh, across uh different sure. verticals that made me realize sure. that sure and it sounds like you saw brands like tops that had decades of brand behind them and you saw other apps that didn't and you could see what sort of impact this could have Right. Yeah. And I'd say a lot of this, honestly, was in, in hindsight. I'd love to say, like, right. I had a clairvoyancy to view it directly yeah. at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But a lot of it is, is, is stuff that I've, I've recognized later on. Certainly, certainly. You know, oh, and marketing's become increasingly quantitative, algorithmic, automated. Right. And as we know, there's like billion dollar gaming companies that, that are basically built just because they've mastered user acquisition. They've mastered performance marketing. You know, the companies like Playrix, and I think this was our friend Eric Sufert who said basically, I think in one of his articles, he's like, there's no way a company like Playrix uh, would ever hire a brand-focused CMO just because their entire business is built on performance marketing. So, and you could say the same thing about very many hyper-casual games. They would just not have any case for a CMO or a brand-focused marketer. How would you reconcile what you said about branding, what your experiences are around branding and uh, versus this perspective that there are areas, there are spaces where brand marketing, many would argue, is not very meaningful or impactful? Uh, well, I, I really, it, it, it's actually not an argument against that. I'm, I'm in total agreement uh, with Eric in, in that argument, right? Uh, because it was Playrix is in, you know, hyper casual games. There might not be a single vertical in the world in which brand is less important uh, than, than hyper casual games, right? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just, you need to think about uh, a number of factors, right? Uh, I'd start with just basic human behavior, right? Uh, 
I don't need to trust a, a, a mobile game or a casual game uh, to download and install it, right? Like there's right. like trust and really that's not why I'm, I'm, I'm installing that app, right? Um, and there, there's really, there, there's no major friction points, right? These, these games are optimized to be completely frictional, maybe not to even require a registration so much as for me to give them my name uh, before jumping in and kind of engaging. Uh, so there's very little trust at play. Let, there's, there's not a moment where I need to be like, wait a minute, do I really want to do this? It's, you know, it, it's a pretty seamless plos- process. And also just uh, human behavior in terms of when we make the decision to mm-hmm. install a game, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, nobody's ever seen an ad for a hyper casual game and then decided three weeks later to install it. Right. That's just right, now right. humans uh, and consumers interact with that. Right. And that's very different uh, than, let's say, um, a dating app. Right. Where, you know, you may see like, you know, a uh, uh, hundred ads for a dating app and have never converted. Um, maybe because you're in a relationship or maybe because, uh, you know, it, 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 it's not really what you want. And then there's an event that happens in your life. Right. Uh, maybe maybe you go through a breakup. Maybe you decide, yeah, now, you know, I need a search. And that's when you when when you engage and, and you download. And so I think it's, you know, and, and for if we we're talking about uh, dating, I think having, uh, you know, a big portion of your budget dedicated to brand marketing uh, and having uh, brand marketers, you know, really at the high, high levels, maybe not, you know, necessarily at the highest level is uh, is very imperative. Right. Yeah. And it sounds like because fintech or finance is something that's very emotional, requires a lot of trust. That's why uh, in your space, definitely it looks like uh, having that brand component is so crucial as compared to yes. games. Yeah, right. yeah, certainly. Or right. Like so. Casual. So I, I, I should mention uh, plug here for Current. Uh, I'm, I'm VP of marketing at Current. Uh, yeah. Current's a mobile bank uh, based here in New York. And we're really making uh, and offering bank accounts that are accessible to people regardless of income uh, and age, right? And so that means uh, that, you know, a good portion of our users are, are paycheck to paycheck, right? And, and, and our goal is to really um, bring on their, their, their direct deposits, to have you switch your direct deposit over to us where you won't pay a minimum balance requirement, you won't pay overdraft fees. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that is a big ask of, of yeah. our users. There's, there's tons of friction in, in, in that process, right? And there's tons yeah. of trust, um, you know, and, and, and what we see from users is, for example, I mean, they may be with like a Wells Fargo, right? And they might hate Wells Fargo, uh, but Wells mm-hmm. Fargo is, is in many cases the devil they know. Like yeah. uh, Wells Fargo charges them, you know, sixteen ninety nine a month, and then they get hit with a $34 overdraft fee and they can't stand Wells Fargo, but they know that Wells Fargo isn't going to run away with their money. Right. Yeah. And that level of trust. Right. Uh, especially if you're somebody who's paycheck to paycheck, your next paycheck is all your money. Right. So if I ask you, Shamanth, hey, please give me all your money. That's essentially the ask I'm making of all of the all of the people yeah. I'm advertising to. Trust is super important. Yeah. Um, it's almost silly. It's, it's very silly to compare, uh, you know, that type of marketing to marketing of, of a hyper casual game. Right. It, yeah. It's, you know, yes, we are both mobile apps. But that's about right. where the similarities end. Yeah, no, I think you are describing how somebody living paycheck to paycheck would look at current and Wells Fargo. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I would say Wells Fargo, much like Tops, has decades of that trust built behind them. 
So even if they charge sixteen ninety nine extra, people sort of put up with it, and that's what you're coming up against. That's what you have to combat, I would guess. Yeah. Now that we understand why it's important, certainly in your space, how does the brand marketing execution happen on a day-to-day tactical level? And uh, how do the brand marketers on your team evaluate success? On a day-to-day basis, it's just that it's super integrated, right? We don't have a brand marketing team that only does brand marketing and a performance team that only does performance. Uh, it, it, it's much more integrated. Now, given our scale, right, and I, I should mention, uh, you know, current, we raised our Series B this past fall for about $20 million. We're not in position to dedicate a huge portion of our budget just to brand marketing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to me, brand marketing really exists to support your performance marketing uh, and, and to kind of work hand in hand. So if you're spending, uh, you know, $10 million a month on performance marketing, uh, you could really benefit from some brand marketing to support that, right? But if your budgets are a lot more modest, then it doesn't make sense to have some huge brand marketing budget when nobody's going to see your performance ads, right? Yeah. And so it, it, again, especially in our case, at, at kind of a more modest scale, it's just totally integrated, right? We're not talking about two completely different things here. It's integrating our brand and making sure that our, our values and the message that we're trying to deliver is still being delivered through our performance ads, mm-hmm. right? And we're not going down uh, this route of like um, performance over all else, um, which, you know, over time erodes your brand. Yeah. But uh, again, to me, it's not, unless you really understand your, your consumer, what drives them. These aren't very different worlds, in, in, in my opinion. Right. And just to dig in deeper into that, right? When we say brand marketing, that could mean a number of different things. You could run TV ads in every single state in the United States. You could take out magazine ads. You could uh, get OOH billboards. So at a super tactical level, how do you decide what to pursue? And maybe you can even tell us what some of the top of mind things are right now for you in terms of initiatives you're pursuing. Well, you know, one, one thing I, w- I would look at, uh, and actually a great example of this, uh, and, and I'm familiar with it, with it because, because it used to be in the space, uh, was in Daily Fantasy Sports a number of years ago, right? Yeah. These were yeah. performance-driven companies when you talk about the FanDuel's and, and, and DraftKings of the world. And, uh, you know, they ran a lot of TV and they ran a lot of radio and they ran a lot of podcasts and ran all, on all these different channels. And they were, they were very performance-focused with those, but they were not very brand-focused. Uh, even though those are on like, you know, what you could call brand channels, right? And so you, you what you found was like a tr- tremendous growth, right? In, in, in those two spaces, this is, you know, talking about like five years ago in like 2015, uh, but everybody hated FanDuel and DraftKings, right? And like some, some, some people hated them because, hey, they used DraftKings, they lost some money and they heard like they cheated or something. Um, but everybody hated them because of their ads, right? And so like, <laughs> And, and that, that's an example of you just totally eroded your brand uh, in, in a way that's really hard and really expensive to recover from over time. And so that's what I mean. I mean, you can, you know, people are going to see a lot and lots and lots of your performance ads. Uh, and if none of those ads are, are building your brand, you, you know, again, depending yeah. on your vertical, you'll, sure. you'll find yourself really regretting it later on. Understood. So it's almost like when you do your paid performance marketing, there are certain brand guidelines you want to make sure you adhere to and you're not just optimizing to hit a D1 or D7 target if the messaging is completely off. Is that what exactly. you're at? Exactly, okay. right? There has, okay. to be, there has to be a, a balance there. And again, for, uh, for, for an early startup, 
that balance has to be tilted heavily towards performance. Again, if you right. ignore brand, roads over time. I do know you guys have done some interesting work with podcasts. I believe you guys had a podcast of your own. With uh, we, we, yeah, we, we, we developed a podcast around uh, reading the terms and conditions yes. of, uh, of a number of big banks. Uh, yes. And it was really, obviously, this was not uh, a yeah. serious attempt at an entertaining uh, podcast. It was more so uh, yeah. pointing out the hilarity, which is the ridiculous terms that you're agreeing to when you sign on with the banks, particularly yeah. around overdrafts. Right? Right. And, and a lot of people just simply don't understand what yeah. they're agreeing to. So that was our point there. Yeah. And for something like that, there's no performance element to it at all. Uh, at all. At right. all, right? <laughs> Internally, how do you justify getting the resources to do something like that if at all you had to do it? In the short answer is that's not very resource intensive, right? Okay. But kind of the longer answer is it does have impact, right? And, yeah. and I, I go again to back to the human behavior. Um, yeah. Now, like, uh, let's say you heard about that, that podcast, right? There's almost no chance that you're going to download and sign up for Current at that moment, right? That's not really the goal there. Sure. Um, but what happens next time you get hit with an overdraft fee, right? Yeah. Like, and that's the time where you're most likely to convert in the yeah. same way that, you know, I mentioned earlier with a dating example, right? Uh, when somebody all of a sudden becomes single, that's when yeah. they're eligible, to, to download an app and that's when they will maybe when you get hit with an overdraft fee when you have a bad experience with the bank that's yeah. when you're like okay you know what fuck it i'm gonna sign up with current now right um right, because right, we're right. top of mind when it comes to how shitty overdraft fees are right oh that makes sense and understandably brand marketing isn't a precisely quantifiable thing how do you think about evaluating the impact of brand marketing so it's, it's interesting because you're right, it's not. And, and in many ways, what some people would categorize as, as brand marketing, things like TV, things like a radio, to me, that's not so much brand marketing as much as yeah. those channels are associated with brand marketing, but those are, can really be executed in a way that's very, very performance driven. So, so brand marketing, in its truest sense, is far more qualitative. Right. right? And again, as, and when you talk about like, you know, traditional marketing organizations, some of the some of the biggest consumer brands in America, there's many, many ways to measure this uh, very closely. But for a company uh, and, and more of a startup like ours, it's, it's simply going to be more qualitative. Understood. And what, when you say it's qualitative, what's an example of how precisely you might want to do it, you'll be doing it? Uh, well, so you, you, you need to talk to, I mean, you know, and, and not just talk to people within your company, right? Uh, because then you, you develop something that like people in your company want. But if your consumers are different than that, and I'd say like most consumer products are not directed at, are not targeted towards the people who work at that company, uh, then you need to talk to your customers. Right. Right. And you, and you need to gauge their impact. And there's ways to do this via surveys and, and things like that. But uh, honestly, nothing's to me, especially when, from a brand standpoint, nothing's better than actually talking to people. Right. And ideally you can talk to people who both know your brand uh, and people who don't know your brand who are within your targeted audience and engaging. Hey, look at this. What do you think? What do you feel? It is incredible to me that people don't do this, right? Yeah. Like uh, a lot of people say they do this and say this is a good idea. And I think everybody knows it's a good idea. Um, but it's astonishing to me how few people will spend millions and millions of dollars marketing a product and literally never once speak to an actual user on the phone or in yeah, person. It's certainly something that surprised me just last year or two. So I worked with a myriad of companies and apps just as well. Yeah, that you're right. And, 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 yeah. and I'll tell you, when you, when you do this, uh, it's not necessarily fun, right? Yeah. It, it, it can yeah. be brutal. Every single conversation you have will be frustrating to some degree, right? Yeah. Because like your, your intention, you know, is never fully realized. 
Yeah. Right. And, and, and it could be really satisfying when somebody says something like, oh, yeah, well, this, you know, made me feel X, Y, and Z when it went exactly to plan. But that's the exception. Yeah. Uh, and you're always trying to trying to build towards that. But exactly. to me, everybody will learn from that process. And it's just, exactly. it's not fun to learn. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, you know, for your performance marketing, you clearly have a creative process, a creative iteration process. And I know you touched upon this briefly that there are brand elements that impact how you make creators. I'm curious how specifically your creative process looks as a result of you guys being mindful of your brand and everything that the brand needs to communicate. So it's kind of like I alluded to before. uh, It's super integrated, right? Our brand designers and and our brand uh, marketers here, we're in the same meetings. You know, we, I, right. we ideate on the creative process. And, and again, I'm talking about like uh, for, for our performance ads and they have, they have total input into that process. Yeah. It's, it's not one that's happening in isolation, which like, you know, again, uh, and, and me as somebody who's predisposed to performance, right? Like in many ways, I need somebody to police me on, on brand, yeah. right? And I think that that's important. For a performance marketer that's looking to be more brand conscious, perhaps because they started working in a company that requires more trust, building of trust. How would you recommend they inculcate that? And how did you do that yourself? I think a lot of it is, I guess, just being cognizant of kind of, you know, maybe your own deficiencies, which is certainly the case with with myself, uh, but just having having respect for both processes, right? What I get asked a lot is, hey, like at the top of a marketing organization, right? Uh, is it more important to have a brand person or more important to have a, a performance person? Yeah. Uh, and, and what you'll see is with a lot of startups, and this is, this is a trend that I've, see, I've seen repeated several, several times, especially here in New York, actually, where a lot of traditional companies are based, where you have a startup that's been, you know, performance-led on the marketing side, and then they scale up, then they raise their Series C, then their Series D, and the numbers get bigger, and then they hire some big, flashy CMO from a traditional uh, consumer brand uh, to lead their marketing organization. It's like, well, I'll say I've never really seen that succeed. (laughs) Uh, but, But... yeah, but to me, that's just it's vertical specific. It's product specific. There is a good argument to have that person in place if you're in the right vertical, right? right? Um, you know, I'll, I'll bring up dating again because I, I, I think brand is so important to that that vertical. Like it's a it's a really obvious choice where you know the number one reason why people may choose a dating app is because it's the cool app. Um, not because the call to action was right and put in the right position, right? I mean, that, that's the reality of it. But for a company to which, like, you know, performance and direct response is just going to be more important, uh, it's a lot easier to find somebody uh, who maybe, you know, is, is strong on the performance side, but also both has respect and understanding of the importance of brand. Indeed. Yeah. And uh, oftentimes it makes sense to look at marketing holistically, even though a lot of performance marketing companies, a lot of gaming companies don't necessarily need to look at it. It doesn't mean it's not important or necessary, especially in high involvement spaces like yours, Adam. And I'll tell you, it, this conversation is hilarious to a marketer 20 years ago. Yeah, exactly. uh, Because we're not saying anything that they don't necessarily know. Exactly. Right? Again, coming from a space that's a strictly performance-driven um, Indeed. With, which mobile has been. Um, exactly. And I think this is, this is part of the just evolution of mobile, right? Early mobile was so gaming focused 
Uh, yeah. Those were the, just the biggest companies on on mobile. And as uh, you know, smartphones have just become a bigger part of our lives. Mobile is everything, right? Every yeah. single yeah. company has a mobile strategy. Every single business has a mobile strategy because mm-hmm. mobile is such an important part of our lives. Yeah. Um, that this natural shift from like okay, super performance driven uh, to you know the pendulum swinging more towards uh, yeah. a combination of a hybrid approach makes sense. Indeed, and I guess we've come up to at the end of our time together, Adam. So. This has been incredibly instructive for me. So There's certainly something we can all take away from this. So thank you so much for being on the Mobile User Acquisition Show. Uh, as we wrap, can you tell us where our listeners can find out more about you? Yes, certainly. You can find me on Twitter at It's Adam Hattie or, or on LinkedIn. Um, certainly, if you are interested in any of this, uh, please check out our jobs listings at Current. Uh, yeah. We're hiring pretty aggressively. Uh, we're, again, based in New York City. Uh, in Soho. We're doing some pretty exciting and cool things here. Excited to have you on the show again, Adam. Thank you so much. Thank you, Shaman. Thank you for listening to the Mobile User Acquisition Show. If any of this was helpful or instructive, I would love for you to leave us a review or rating on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcast fix. This podcast takes a ton of time, effort, and love to produce and I deeply value every review and every piece of feedback that you share. Thank you for listening, and I will look forward to sharing our next episode soon.